Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All you need is a ball. The official podcast of the WFSA. Hi, I'm Daniel Rosenboom, and for 15 years I've traveled the world as a freestyle footballer. Join me in telling the story of the most popular sport that you've never heard of, where I'll be speaking to the big personalities that make freestyle what it is and their amazing journey from the streets to the stage. Are you guys ready? It doesn't matter where you are or who is watching, when it comes to freestyle, all you need is a ball. Yes! Oh yeah, that was insane! Oh yes! Welcome to the world of freestyle. Welcome to the official podcast of the WFFA. Today, my guest is one of the up-and-coming stars in freestyle. He's just 17 years old, but he has had to overcome so much in his life already. American Nick Seda has big plans for the future of the sport, but he might not have even had a future a few years ago. Basically, they told my parents I was never going to be okay. Like, the chances of me surviving, they were like, it's less than zero. It was probably just going to be a couple years in the hospital, and then I was going to die. On this episode of All You Need Is A Ball, Nick shares his journey so far, his battle with his health and where he might end up next. Nick, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, I'm really happy to have you here. Um, I consider you really one of the rising stars of freestyle football. How does it feel when I say something like that? Oh man, that's, I appreciate that a lot. That's very kind. I think I think every country has like a couple young guys who are pushing hard, who learned from, you know, the, the older generation of their country. So I think me and a couple other guys from the US, you know, are that for America. So you're like 17 years old right yeah. now? Yeah, and um, when when did your freestyle journey begin? Like when was the first time, let's say, you didn't around the world or yeah. your first trick? I think I was around 12. I think I was 12 years old. And I actually saw freestylers live. Like I know a lot of people get into it from videos online and stuff. I actually saw a group of freestylers doing a performance. All right. And I was like, whoa, that is crazy. Because I'd never seen freestyle before. I played soccer, but I didn't know what freestyle was. And was that in New Jersey where yeah, you're from? Yeah, it was or? in New Jersey. They were doing a show for the New York Red Bulls, which is the local MLS team. So mm-hmm. our pro league over there. So they were doing a show outside of the stadium. And I was like, I was blown away. I was like, this is so <laughs> sick. And I went up to them and I asked them, like, what is this? Like, yeah. this is, is this just soccer tricks or like, this doesn't look like it. You know, you guys are doing way more like crazy movements than I've seen of just when it comes to being on a soccer field. You know, you always have those guys who can juggle. Yes. But I was like, this is Every isn't team juggling. has this one guy. Yeah, every, yeah. every team has that one guy. But I was like, this is nothing like that. And they were like, oh, it's actually an entire sport called freestyle football or freestyle soccer. Did you never saw those ads on TV of the big no, sport never. brands or anything? Never. Like, no. So Definitely. you really saw it live for the first time. Yeah. That's awesome. Because I think nowadays a lot of people, they see it first maybe on ads, on TV, yeah. social media, things like that. But I think if you see it in real life, it's way more impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So seeing that live, 
I think that structured like a lot of how I began to train as well. Cause these guys kind of mentored me cause I was so interested and I was so young and yeah. they were like, if you want to learn, like we'll happily teach you. Cause in New Jersey, there's barely any freestylers. Yeah, yeah. So they were like, of course we'll help a young guy like learn some of the basics. And and there was a performance. They were performing yeah. there. You yeah. came there like with your parents just yep, walking around. Yep. And I saw that. And then I became friends with a couple of the guys cause they were basically teaching me. Yeah. So I would go back to every Red Bull game mm -hmm. and out front they would be doing these pre-game shows yeah. and then when they finished their show i would go over to them and be like look at this new trick i learned and then i'd show them a move they taught me that i had <laughs> them practiced or then i was starting to watch youtube videos so, so how long did it take before you got better than they did <laughs> oh man i uh i mean they kind of <laughs> they kind of stopped training seriously they just do it for fun so at that point it probably took me like a year before Nice. i was i was <laughs> nice. at their level yeah <laughs> they, they probably didn't like that but no but, no no they they were they were open to it they knew that they like they knew they don't train they of don't course, really care that much so they were like oh yeah if you're gonna get good like we're gonna help you as much as we can awesome so if we go way back right like what, what was little nick like uh, like in school were you like outgoing what kind of kid were I was, you i was fairly quiet mm -hmm. like i was i wasn't like introverted like i wasn't completely to myself i had you know friends and i was willing to talk to anyone yeah. but i was never really a loud one i was never i was into sports and i did well in school but i was quite like conservative like i wasn't really into anything that was too crazy i mm -hmm. was on like a i was a very straight and narrow kind of student okay like never get in trouble always good grades please and thank you like just completely uh like straight in and that's order. not a bad thing that's yeah a good yeah thing yeah, I yeah fair <laughs> fair it's better than you know other paths I could have taken, you know. Definitely. And uh, were you already into sports from like a young age or yeah. how did they go? Yeah, I played baseball for like as long as I could remember because everyone in my family played baseball. All right. So I played baseball uh, until I was like eight or nine and then I started playing soccer. Like ele uh, 11 aside regular. Yeah. yeah nice. Yeah. Were you any good at it or? Uh, I was decent actually. I, uh, I played on a club team, which was like the highest level you could play at uh, when you're still uh, I think when you're a teenager, you can play at mm -hmm. academy. But in the US, until you're a teenager, you can't play at academy. All so right. you had to stay at club. So I was fairly good. But I also, like my area of New Jersey had a mm -hmm. lot of good soccer players. All right. Like it was a surprisingly uh, solid area for soccer. And were you already like technical player? Or yeah, that's yeah, always I the was, type of football you like? Yeah, the first coach I had on a club team made us all juggle a lot. And... Uh, I got very good at just juggling normally so I could keep it up for like quite a long time mm -hmm. and I had a uh, very good just ball control like I could yes. dribble well so the basics were there kind yeah of, before yeah. you got into freestyle exactly exactly nice nice I think that helps a lot actually yeah I like, think so I think if you can already do some basic juggling mm -hmm. while you're getting into more the advanced stuff yeah I definitely. think it's more fun because you're making bigger steps definitely. and improving so I read in some interview that when you were born you actually had some some medical problems like yeah. did that affect you like in freestyle or in sports at all or or did you do that after you got better or how did that work it's hard to tell because i was born prematurely mm -hmm. so when i was born i was underdeveloped okay so i had a bunch of problems like i had spots on my brain holes in my heart my lungs collapsed wow so basically they told my parents i was never going to be okay like i was probably just going to be a couple years in the hospital and then i was going to die like it was wow it was uh like the chances of me surviving they were like it's less than zero do you have any uh, brothers and sisters yeah i have two older brothers all right yeah so um, this, this must have been a big impact on the whole yeah, of your family right yeah they they were still young they were like five and six okay so the so, youngest one maybe doesn't really yeah so they uh, don't really remember it too much 
but on my parents, it was really hard. Of course. Yeah. Because obviously like your third son, that's like exciting. Now you have a, you know, a big family. Yes. And then to have them be like, yeah, no, your son's probably not going to make it is, you know, terrible. I find it always really nice because I always see that your mom is traveling with you yeah. as well to, to events. Is yeah. she like your biggest fan? Yeah. Me and her have had such a good relationship. I because, can tell actually. Yeah. yeah. So it's so nice because she's seen me go through everything. Yes. And then when I got into freestyle, she always would like would support my brothers and I and whatever we did. But then mm -hmm. when she saw how much passion I had for freestyle, yeah. she was like, this is his thing. Like I, I put so much time in it. So she got into it as well. Nice. Like she began to watch just because she's like, I want to see what it's about. Yeah, and yeah. now she's into it. Now she likes freestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I always see her sitting in the crowd, like cheering yeah. on you and not just you, but just in mm. general, being very supportive. That must, must feel great, right? Oh, it's so nice. And it's so nice to have a, a mother that will watch other freestylers and mm -hmm. be like, oh, I remember that trick or he has a good level. Like she remembers these things nice. and actually like knows a good amount about the sport, which is so cool. That's awesome, man. I'm great to hear. So if we go back a little bit. So you started when you were around 12, 13 years old. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can talk a little bit about the journey of when you started until you got, you know, you became a world champion in the routines last year Yeah. at the world championship. So maybe tell us a little bit about the beginning time when you started to freestyle. Like, what were you into? Who were you hanging out with and things yeah. like that? So I was basically always training with the New Jersey guys. Mm -hmm. So most of my time I spent training alone, but then yeah. like once, a week or once every two weeks, I would go and see the New Jersey guys, then mm -hmm. also the New York guys. The New York guys were the ones who really like pushed me. Yeah. Because New Jersey guys were doing it, you know, it was kind of their job. Like they taught me the basics, but then after I learned the basics, they were like, now you can do whatever. Like now it's up to you. Freestyle, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like now you start freestyling. And the New York guys, like Spinny Vinny and Frankie, mm -hmm. these guys were the ones who were like, if you want to go far, you really have to train hard, but you also have to find something a little bit more special about your freestyle. You have to like, find your own way, kind of. Yeah, yes. exactly. Like you have to make some decisions about where you want to go. Mm -hmm. So they helped me a lot when it came to deciding I want to be more of a performer and I want to focus more on sit downs and things like that. So how long did it take before you started to see those guys between you did your own first performance? Yeah. Not, not long. No? Not long. Like a year or so or yeah. not even? Probably, probably. Because the really good thing about uh, training and then performing as well with the New York guys, mm -hmm. especially Frankie, uh, Frankie Flo, NYC Freestyle was I Instagram. love Frankie Flo, man. Legend. He's shout so, out to Frankie. Shout yeah. out to Frankie. He was the one, he really began to mentor me with performances. Yeah. So he actually, only a couple months into freestyle, would have me do some shows with him, mm -hmm. like very small shows. He would have me go with him. And do oh, like, like a very, mentoring you, yeah, kind of. yeah. Basically, he'd have me do a very small set, and he'd do most of the show. Mm -hmm. But he had me do a little bit just to get an idea of what it was like to perform in front of crowds. Yeah. So that was really helpful for me because then right away I got over my fear of crowds. So it's really scary in the beginning. Yeah, I think at least like yeah, when I was definitely. performing, I was I was very shaky in yeah. the beginning, especially. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone is, but then having someone like Frankie there to basically like just calm all your nerves and mm -hmm. be like listen you know the tricks you're good at yeah like if you do this a hundred times during training you can do it a hundred times during a show yeah like there's no difference of course there is a difference there but he makes yeah. you yeah. he makes you think that there isn't one yes so he helped me a lot with that and that kind of that got me over my nerves of being in front of crowds mm -hmm. but then got me over my nerves of like trying new things as well yeah because during a show i'd see him freestyle like yeah. he'd do a set he had never done before I'm like, did you plan it? He's like, no, I've nah. never planned a show. I'm like, you've never, he's like, I freestyle it. I've never planned a set. I've never planned a performance. I've never planned. I'm like, 
what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't plan anything. He's like, dude, I freestyle. <laughs> he's, he told me one time, he's like, I don't know what shoes I'm going to wear to shows. He goes, I pick out a random pair of shoes and I use those. That's good confidence, yeah. man. Yeah. And he was like, because if I can do a trick in, you know, these shoes and mm -hmm. a different ball, then I can do it in a different pair of shoes and a different ball. He goes, if I have a trick down, it doesn't matter what I'm wearing. Nice. And nice. that mentality helped me a lot. They're like, you care, but not really care because you know you can do the tricks. Mm. So you, you grow in confidence yeah. and then, yeah. awesome, awesome. So at that time you were like 13, 14. So that's four years ago. And can you remember what you bought of your first money? Did you own, earn with the performance? Did you did you save it up for something cool? Yeah, like I, a uh, computer game or something <laughs> like? I actually bought a, a bazooka match ball <laughs> nice. because on eBay, they were at the time they were like $200 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I got my first little bit of money, uh, from freestyle. I think I bought a match ball. Awesome. I don't think that's very uncommon. I think a lot yeah, of guys. Yeah, I think, I think like 90% of freestylers definitely do that. So is your room like, do you still, you still live at home, I assume? Yeah. yeah. So is it full with like freestyle things? And yeah, yeah. My posters from Super Bowl and yeah. stuff, bunch of match balls just all over the place. Nice, nice, nice. All right. So you're a teenager then. And you, 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 at that time you were going to school. Yep. You probably still are. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, did it ever conflict? Like, was it hard sometimes? Doing your studies properly and practicing um, things like that? Sort of. Like I just had to have like a strict kind of schedule with yeah. my priorities and mm -hmm. stuff. Like I just never, I've never been the type to spend a lot of time going out and doing things. Yes. It's always been like school, shows or training or whatever it is and, and work. So it's okay. always been a very like focused schedule. Do you see freestyle as work or do you see freestyle as more like a hobby that you maybe earn a bit of money with? For me, it's more of, it depends because some like performances mm -hmm. I do. And back then I was still doing a decent amount of shows, like maybe yeah. one or two a week or so. Oh, that's pretty good. Actually. Yeah. So yeah. it was, it was good, but I was doing a lot of shows for free. Mm -hmm. Um, so of course, like a lot of people are like, Oh, let's do a show. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll do it. And they're like, how much do you charge? I'm like, Oh, I don't normally charge. Oh, it's fine. Okay. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, looking back, I kind of got scammed a bit, but it's whatever. It I've helped been, me. we've all been there. Yeah. It's yeah, it helped me. So. For me, like a lot of these shows that I would do over and over, it became work yep. because I was like, I'm not really evolving here. You know, yeah, like, I'm yeah. doing the same thing every time. Um, but then when it came to like training and stuff, that was never like, oh, it's work. Oh, I have to train. It was That's like, it. let's yeah. go and get to train. Yeah. So for me, I was always saw it like that the training was the hobby and the performance was the show. It yeah. Was, that was the work. I yeah. Know. That's kind of, it's, that's yeah. a similar thing for me, but I would say like only. 25%, like a quarter of the performances are work. Didn't you get sick again during yeah. that time? Like, yeah. what, can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. So when I, it was basically right after I turned 13, um, I got really sick. So it had started like at least a year or two prior. Was that during you got into freestyle? Like yeah. at that time? Yeah. So it was probably like a year or two into my training or probably a year actually. It was probably yeah. like almost exactly a year. Yeah. And it basically started the month before. So it was like the end of October, I went to the hospital. Yeah. So it was probably the beginning of October. I began to just feel like very sick. Like if like me and you are talking right now. Like weak. Yeah. Or, I could be talking to you right now yeah. and I could fall asleep. Oh, really? Yeah. Like randomly, I would just fall asleep. I was always a good student and I would always be able to focus in class. Yeah. And I couldn't anymore. Like I was falling asleep every single class. It was terrible. I just couldn't stay awake. I felt very weak. Like what mentally. did you think? Like when I, I don't know. I felt like, oh, I'm probably just have like a little illness. Like I'm probably just sick or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in a week, I'll be fine. I was playing soccer and freestyling at the time. And 
I was normally very like excited about training and these things. Yes. But I would train and I'd have like no emotion. All right. Like I just, I was like, uh, everything was like dumbed down. Like it was, yeah. I was unstimulated. Like it was so nothing scary. exciting. It was so weird. Yeah. And like, I also began to feel very emotional. Mm -hmm. Like I always felt like I was on the verge of like crying. And I was like, that's so weird. And you're like, oh, I'm becoming a teenager. Yeah. 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 I, was just like, like, I guess yeah. this is just puberty. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I also, uh, I began to have stomach pain right. and that was like, okay, then I'm definitely just sick because right? yes. I'm in stomach pain. Okay. A week or two from now, I'm going to And your parents fine. start to notice and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that kept going on and maybe like three weeks in, I told my mom and I was like, yeah, like I'm definitely sick. There's yes. no way three weeks of this. Nah, it's too much. And yeah. And then the reason that she brought me uh, to get blood work done mm -hmm. is because my ears began to bleed. Like the back of my ears would oh, wow. randomly start bleeding yeah. and then the inside of my mouth as well began to like open up that's not good so i was like okay this is too much like wow. randomly bleeding like that's very weird and then we got blood work done and they say like oh a day or two we'll have your results we'll send them over yeah and i was in the middle of school at this time and my mom got the results back yeah. and then she got a call from my uh, doctor that had the results mm -hmm. and she was like yeah he needs to go to the hospital right now like oh, he's wow. very very sick yeah so she came to the school picked me up we went right to the hospital and they were like something's very wrong if you're not in the hospital right now in a couple weeks like you could very well die i like, hope you have health very, insurance yeah they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they were like your your body is basically um shutting down yeah it? it's shutting exactly oh wow it's like your body is it basically shutting down it's fighting itself like it's attacking itself. Mm -hmm. And that's because I had an autoimmune disorder, but we didn't know. Okay. So a couple of days in the hospital and they diagnosed me with Crohn's disease, mm -hmm. which is an autoimmune disorder. Yes. So it's basically where parts of your GI tract and your stomach are inflamed. So the reason my body was shutting down and I was losing weight and mm -hmm. like things were like randomly bleeding and stuff is because I was basically internally bleeding. Yes. But then uh, my immune system was like fighting itself. All right. So I wasn't absorbing food uh, or, or anything. Like uh, my body couldn't absorb nutrients. Yes. So that's why I was basically, my body was slowly like letting itself die. Wow. And and how long were you like really sick for? How long was that? Uh, a couple months. Yeah. Because basically I was in the hospital for a couple of days. I got let out. And then those next couple months, I would go to school like once or twice a week. If All I right. could. On a good day. Yeah, on, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Most time I was only in school for like an hour or two on those days. And then I'd have to go home. And did you not do any freestyle football during those barely, months? Or? Barely. No. I was able to do a little bit here and there. Like sits maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple little things, Yeah, but it was basically just like really bad stomach pain. Mm -hmm. And I was, my body was no longer shutting down. It was right. like getting better, yep. but the pain was just super bad All right. and I just couldn't like physically yeah, yeah, yeah. do much. And when did you really get back into it? When you felt strong enough? Yeah, like I would say like a full year from yeah. like a uh, year over year. So like the October of the following year, yeah. I was back to basically where I was. Did you go to like tournaments then? Did you go to Super Bowl or a Rebel Street Cell or anything? I like? might have, I might have gone to like the USA Championships right. that year, but I definitely didn't like I definitely wasn't like my actual level. Oh, okay. Like I was definitely, yes. I think it was just more for fun and mm -hmm. to see everybody because I also knew like, I'm not worried about competitions right yeah. now because I just want to be healthy again. You know, do you think this whole situation, all the problems you've had in your mm -hmm. life, do you think it actually made you stronger as a freestyler? Yeah, I think so. Because you, you, you can look at something like getting an autoimmune disorder and getting very, very sick yeah. and being like, I just lost on like months of training. Yes. So, 
oh, my level is, you know, terrible now. Oh, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm a, I take medication for it every uh, eight weeks. Yes. And I'm going to have to take that for the rest of my life. All right. So it's like, oh, like, so now there's at least one day every eight weeks where like, you're going to feel terrible again. And, like, you're not going to train for that day, right, or maybe yeah. the day after. So it's like, oh, you know, your health isn't what it could be. Yes. Um, but then you look at the mental side of it mm-hmm. and you're like, that was such a terrible time. But yes. now you have a whole new perspective of like every day you wake up and yes. you're not in this pain and your body isn't shutting down and you're doing great. You think life's like, beautiful. Yeah. 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 You, you're so much more grateful for everything. And then it builds up like a bit of mental toughness too, where yeah. even if you're having a bad day, you're like, it's been worse than this. Like, I yes, can that. yes, yes. When you so, have like a training day, exactly, you think, exactly. well, at least I'm not in the hospital. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it, it just, it changed your perspective where you realize that it could be one of the best things that's happened to you. Hey, I'm Nick Seda from the USA, and this is All You Need Is a Ball, the official podcast of the WFFA. Did you ever had a specific goal? Did you think one day I want to become a world champion? Yeah. Do was your goal maybe? Oh, I want to make my money out of this, or what were your ideas yeah. about that? My my goal was I never had like a specific goal. Um, for my first couple of years of freestyle, mm-hmm. but then maybe just have like, fun and train. Yeah, kind yeah. of just fun train and do shows. Like I really love to perform, so yeah. I was always like, I want to do more shows. Yeah. Um, and then in competitions, I would always set myself a goal. Yeah. So before I would compete, I'd be like, okay, I want to end up here, but it was never like a, a long term goal. But then in maybe 2018 or 2019, yeah, a couple of years ago, I decided I wanted to win a routine world title. All right. And that became my goal because I loved performances and I was like, this is the show category. Nice. And actually in 20, it was 2018, 2018. Yeah, it was 2018. Uh, the first year I went to Super Bowl, I saw KVP's routine. Yes. That, and he won. From Belarus. Yes. Yeah. And I saw his routine and I was like, I want to win routine. Awesome. Like seeing that was just super With inspiring. With a little hat on. Yeah, the hat. Yeah. And I was like, I want to do that. Nice, nice. Because actually that was one of my questions. Like, because we always have this discussion in freestyle football. Is it sport? Is it art? Mm-hmm. Lucaso always says it's part. You know, it's the mix mm-hmm. of the both. But when did it feel for you that you were moving more towards art? Was that really that moment? Yeah, I think it was seeing yeah. his performance live. And then over the next couple of years... I began to get more into other types of art and sport. Yeah. So before I would be like, if I was watching a video on YouTube or Instagram, mm-hmm. 99% of the time it was freestyle. But then I began to get more into other dance uh, and other just forms of art yeah. where I began to be like freestyle. There's there's a philosophy behind freestyle mm-hmm. that doesn't just apply to the sport or yes. the art of freestyle. Can you... Can you- Tell me a little bit more about that so I understand better. Yeah. So like with freestyle, I imagine it as an art or a sport. I don't think it particularly matters too much what you call it right off the bat. Exactly. I think what matters is the philosophy behind it. Fully agree. So it's about, uh, I think there's a, the artistic philosophy behind being a great freestyler Mm -hmm. is building up your level. So trying to become a master at something. But then when you get on stage, you let go a little bit. Yeah. Because if you're on stage, you're doing the hardest tricks ever, but you're super stiff and you don't really look like you're enjoying yourself. People don't really enjoy it that much. But then you look at the top guys when they're having fun on stage and they let go a little bit, you know, and they're still doing super hard stuff. That's beautiful to watch. 
fully agree. So that kind of artistic philosophy of, you know, building yourself up, but then mm -hmm. letting go a little bit, I began to see in other types of, you know, dance and sport. Nice. And that began to inspire me. It's funny because before this interview, I was looking a little bit onto your like social media th uh, feed and things like that. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I can see how it's evolving. Yeah. I see you're experimenting with like classical music yeah. and the way you move your body. And so what, what's like going on right now with your training? Like, like uh, what kind of direction maybe you want to go or? Yeah. So I've been moving more towards like a dance kind of style. Yeah. And some of the stuff I post on Instagram, for instance, is like I use my hands for most of it. Yeah. So it, I wouldn't even call that freestyle. I would just mm -hmm. say it's more of like contemporary or experimental dance. Nice. And I just I enjoy doing it because it's like the same reasons I love freestyle are the same reasons I began to love dance, for instance. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I the same way I express myself with freestyle is the yeah. same way I can express myself with these styles of dance. Nice. And you just like to mix it all up, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. I find it fun and I also find it it helps my freestyle a bit. Like yeah. although I may end up doing a set where 90% of it is using my hands, mm -hmm. where I'm never gonna actually do that in a competition. Of course. It still yes. gives me these ideas of how I can actually, you know, do like more traditional freestyle yeah, yeah, yeah. But with the same kind of movement and the same type of expression, the same type of, you know, emotional output. Nice, nice, nice. So last year you won your world championships uh, yeah. in Prague at the routines. Uh, has that changed your life in any way? And it helped me get more shows. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that was good because now I'm So for business, to, it's good. Yeah, yeah. for business, it's been, it's been really helpful and it's allowed me to earn money where now, like, for instance, uh, before going to Prague was really big for me mm -hmm. because I'd have to save like a lot uh, yes. all the time. Like I was yes. always thinking about it where now I'm able to like, for instance, I work a lot with the New York Red Bulls mm -hmm. and they're able to help me pay for some of this yes. where it becomes like a lot easier for me to travel and go to competitions and things like that. So business wise, it's been very helpful, no, but nice. if anything, it's just made me want to go and compete more. Cause the level, it wasn't, it wasn't that high. It was, there wasn't many people who competed in, uh, in routine last mm -hmm. year. So there were a couple guys who were good. Um, and like had clearly prepared a lot, yeah. but I don't think, I don't think my performances were as good as they could have been All either. Right. So it's like, although like, yes, on paper, I won yes. in my head. I'm still like, oh, I dropped it here. Oh, I did this. So like, you're still not, humble. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in yeah. A way, yeah. Yeah. So like, I still wasn't completely satisfied with it. And I mean, it's been going well this year though. I like, think that's good. That's you're hungry for more. That's yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it was, I was super happy that mm -hmm. I won, but still I was like, well, winning two would make me happier. You yes. know? <laughs> All right. So this is where you're at right now. And if we look at the future, right? Like what, what do you want to achieve? Let's say five years from now. What, yeah. What's Nick's doing? What's Nick? I want to move more towards like theater. All right. So I want to be on like a more stage setting mm -hmm. where I have, you know, crazy costumes and the lighting is different and almost like drama in theater, but with the ball as well. So I want to, I want to be able to perform mm -hmm. where it looks like He's a freestyler, yep. but he's also an actor. Nice. And he's also... So in, are you imagining like a 30-minute show by yeah. Nick Seda? Like yeah. That? yeah. Yeah. Like awesome. a longer performance where I would basically be doing the same type of performance mm -hmm. that different performance groups would do, yes. but solo. Oh, so yes. something like Cirque du Soleil is like these incredible... Have you seen John Farnworth's show? Yeah. He, he did something. It was more sporty. Mm -hmm. He does a more sporty kind of approach, yeah. but still it's, it's like what it's, he does. Yeah, similar structure. Yes. So I think moving more towards that kind of theatrical performances is what I'm going to going to be doing. 
awesome man yeah and um you maybe want to move out to your own place and things like that yeah. on a personal level yeah i think i think once i finish school i'm gonna look for a place to live maybe in new york yeah because i work a lot in new york yes and i love the city so i think maybe i'll end up moving there for a while and it's, and it's a place of culture there's dance yeah. there's art there's yeah. music yes yeah. i mean when it comes to theater like that's a perfect place for me so nick as you know that Traditional freestyle football battles are usually judged by five different criteria, such as control, difficulty, originality, performance, and execution. A few small questions uh, along that, uh, along those criteria. Yep. So, um, what in life would you like to control? My health. That would be great to never be injured again. Oh, that'd be lovely. That's a good one. Yeah. What's the most difficult thing you've ever done? Hmm. There's some. There's some freestyle. Uh, trainings right after I got sick. Yeah. That were just like so hard for me to get through. All right. Where I was literally training for like 20 or 30 minutes, but I was so sick that like just being out there was mm -hmm. difficult, but it was, it was something I felt like I had to do. I mean, I can imagine it was really tough. Yeah. So is there anything that you would have loved to invent? Like it can be a trick or anything yeah. in life, like anything you would like. Oh, I wish I, I, yeah. I did that. Like half of Gautier's tricks, I wish <laughs> I came up with because like his flexibility moves were were so good. But then also the ones where he uh, uses the sole of his foot and hits it on the ground with his other leg, kind of sweeping in and oh, out. Oh, that's I love. I that. love those moves so much. Awesome, man. So, what's the most favorite performance you've ever done? I mean, I think in competition, it could have been the one I did for my first routine qualification. I really like that one. That awesome. was uh, it was like a classical based one, and I did a classical one last year but this one was even more of an emphasis on the tricks because it was a singular uh piano playing so ah. every single uh every single trick you knew if i messed up or not because it was only one key at a time it's very obvious yeah if you, uh, yeah so i felt like it was a bit of a risk but it worked out great so i think that could be one of my favorites nice nice so the last uh, criteria execution is there anything in life you like to execute that you haven't done yet more shows, like more, just kind of like bigger and better shows, yeah. you know, like come like up on Broadway. With, or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, or even like opening for a Broadway thing where yeah. they're like, okay, like do a 10 minute show based off of like some Broadway act. So maybe you have to do like a 10 minute jazz performance or like a blues performance or something like that. I'd love to do. Man, that sounds awesome. I can see your eyes all. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up, like, uh, yeah. All the ideas, man. All the ideas. It was so much fun to talk to Nick. He's went through a lot in his life and I think the future is looking really bright. Don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you are listening to the show because there are more awesome guests on the way that I can't wait for you to hear. You can also check out the WFFA website and social channels on Twitch, YouTube and Instagram as well. Thanks for listening. I'll speak to you the next time. And remember, all you need is a ball. This podcast was produced by Voice Work Sports for the World Freestyle Football Association. Podcast Network.